What's up, man? That's the intro. That's the intro today. Ah, <clears throat> uh, that was Nipsey Hustle grinding all my life from Victory Lap. Uh, how you doing, bro? Wonderful. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm I'm a little bit better. Um. Now that it's the end of the week, I'm glad that um, you know I'm off work. I get to kick my feet up for the weekend. Um, you know, some time has passed since this Nipsey Hustle situation, so you know it's uh, getting a little bit better. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. Did you wanna? Uh, did you want to talk about that? I will let you leave because honestly, I have no. I didn't really know who he was. That's fine. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I wasn't. Um, okay, let me put it this way. I don't want to come off as like an expert on Nipsey. Uh, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, to be honest with you, I just got into his music before the end of uh, last year, like maybe the week of Christmas. Um, what happened? Oh, um, Charlemagne and uh, and Joe Budden do the um, do like this yearly wrap up of albums and um. You know, they talked about uh, what were their favorite projects for the past year. And uh, one of Charlemagne's uh, favorite albums, well, he he, uh, he said his, it was his favorite album, uh, hip-hop album of the year, was Victory Lap. So <clears throat> with that co-sign, I, I dove in and I went and listened to it. And I was like, you know, this is... This is good. It's good stuff. I I don't know if I would have said it was the best album, but it was definitely uh I could see how somebody would say that. It was uh definitely quality work and uh I became a fan right right then and there. Um I I did know of Nipsey prior to that, uh because again, uh I watched the Breakfast Club interviews all the time. And uh, I saw him on a, a couple times, and every time I saw him, um, without listening to the music, just listen to him talk about um, 
all his ambitions and plans and um, just his his POV of the world and how he saw things, I was attracted to. Like, uh, it's you. I I put it like this: this dude uh, Nipsey had kind of that same uh, Martin Luther King or Malcolm X kind of aura about him, where his you know all his he wanted to do was to uplift people that looked like him from the place he was from um and i could respect that you know what i'm saying and one one of the main things he talked about like a lot was uh black ownership uh, black entrepreneurship and, and giving back to your community and as we know with his um, recent and untimely death he was uh, at one of his businesses which was located in the heart of the neighborhood he grew up in that um, uh, he gave Lots of uh, opportunities to people. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that when when we talk about you know people like him, that it also has to be tied to senseless violence and uh, you know being taken from this earth way way too soon and, and way too young. You know, he was only thirty three. And um, speaking from somebody who is also 33 and you are 33 yourself, it's like, man, that's way too young to be dying. That is way too young to be dying. And um, especially like that for somebody like him, because um, all he all he did was speak positivity into the world, you know. It, you know, people um, will uh, criticize him because he was, you know, uh, a gang member. Uh, but I would, I would say, a former gang member. You know, he grew up in an environment where that was a lifestyle. That was the option that was presented to him, and like a lot of people, they fall into that. You know. Most people don't choose that. It's just kind of a way of life. And it's either you choose that or in a lot of cases, you're going to find yourself out there alone and you're going to get hurt. So that's why some people choose that lifestyle. So even with that past, uh, you could tell the quality of man he was when you look at the interviews from the police chief in LA and even he himself was getting choked up when he talked about Nipsey because you know he couldn't believe it because he knew who Nipsey was and he you know he even said that Nipsey was trying to help all Nipsey wanted to do was help and um you know when when the police chief gets emotional over somebody uh, that 
is a you know quote unquote gang member, then you you just gotta you gotta look beyond that and understand that the um, caliber of human being he was was something special. So, you know, it, it was um it was really sad to hear that he got gunned down and especially gunned down in that manner. Um, did you look into it at all? Oh yeah, I looked into it. Well, see, and that's the thing, like, obviously, as an outsider, I have no, you know, I have no knowledge of anything that he did here, and I'm just reading the same thing everybody else is reading this week that yeah. doesn't know who he is, but it sounded like, um, and it kind of goes back to something that we talked about in a couple podcasts ago, um, it sounds like he was uh, working on a Latin nerdy. Say it again. With the, it sounds like he was working on a documentary. Oh yeah, the Doctor Sebi. Doctor Sebi. Yeah. And uh, he was gonna make that there was a cure for uh, AIDS, and uh, you know, and so there's yeah we had a game theory that uh, he was not gunned down by the by a gang like originally reported. Um, which, by the way, is that shot him. Yeah. So, they did um, catch him, which is great. But then you get into the conspiracy theories, which suggest that, you know, again, the government has ways of, they know how to cure this stuff, but not want it to be widespread because every time the pharmaceutical goes down, and, you know. So. You know, there's a theory that, yeah, that guy did shoot him. He was hired to do it, um, you know, to stop that documentary. Um, so, yeah, you know, that's that's interesting. It's just, that's interesting because, you know, <clears throat> you've seen that movie, uh, Enemy of the State. Yeah, Will Smith. So the whole government, like... You know how if they want something done, they can make it happen, kind of thing. Right. Like that's something that's I've always been kind of like intrigued by that. Like how who can stop the government if they want to do what they're going to do? Um, and it's like something like this happens, and it's right out of the gate you hear those conspiracy theories. You know. So I don't know. I mean. Well. Very interesting. Yeah, um, I I personally don't put too much um, credence to those uh, conspiracy theories. Like the day it happened, which you know, going back to last week's podcast, um, we recorded that uh, that uh, Saturday last week, and the very next day, Sunday around uh, three thirty, four o'clock. You know, I started getting tweets about Nipsey was gunned down and, and murdered. Um, so last week we couldn't discuss it. You know, we're here at the end of this week, and it's you know it's been talked about, and you know I pretty much every podcast that I listen to um, has brought it up and had their take on it. But I personally don't. Um, put too much stock into the uh, conspiracy theory because 
you know, Dr. Sebi's um, message is out there. Um, I see it all the time on Facebook. Uh, it's on YouTube. It's all over. So I don't think anybody, uh, especially the government, would have killed Nipsey because of that. Because if that was the case, they would have had Sebi's stuff taken off of all these other outlets. Um, but... Uh, from what I heard, uh, the guy that killed him, when his name was Eric Holder, um, basically approached Nipsey uh, for, I don't know what, maybe he wanted to talk to him about a business opportunity, maybe he wanted to get on, maybe he wanted a job, uh, whatever. He approached Nipsey, and uh, Nipsey knew him because uh, he has uh, he's been known to talk to the police. So Nipsey was like, "Nah, you know, you on paperwork. We we don't mess with people who snitching. You know what I'm saying? We don't talk to people who mess with the police like that. So you can't come around here." And from what I heard, again, you know, he took offense to that, went and got his gun, and came back and killed him for that reason, just because he wouldn't give him whatever he was looking for. Um, and if that's the reason, if that's really what it was, that makes the situation even more sad and tragic. It's not like it was a real beef or or long going feud or something like that. It was just you wanted something from the man and he didn't give it to you, so you killed him. Yeah. And uh senseless senseless violence. And um Yeah. Uh and you know, this whole this whole uh death of Nipsey was is really really weird to me because again like I said I didn't really know Nipsey like that I, was, I didn't have a super deep emotional tie to his music or anything like that like if this was uh, Jay-Z or T.I. Or, or somebody like that that I really respect in, in hip hop and it happened to them oh I would be completely a wreck you know what I'm saying uh, but I didn't know Nipsey and hearing this information, uh, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. This, this really like messed me up, bro. It was like, um, I, I got super emotional off this shit and I, I can't honestly tell you completely why outside of the fact that he just seemed like the type of dude that was doing everything right. He was doing everything that our community would have asked him to do. To go and be successful, bring, you know, knowledge and and opportunity back to your neighborhood and to your people. Uplift everybody, be positive, you know, love your wife and your kids and all that stuff. He was that type of dude. He was not on no bullshit and um, 
and it really messed it you know it's really messed me up when i heard that um and i think in part because when when it happened and then i get to think about who he was um i saw some tweets about him uh that people were saying and uh these people are obviously, you know, pretty young or youngish, you know, in their mid to early twenties, and they were saying stuff like, you know, I wasn't around when Tupac died or when Biggie died, but with this Nipsey stuff, I can imagine this is how you guys felt, you know, and then I got to thinking that, yeah, you know, this dude was kind of like the modern day. Tupac, except he wasn't on that bullshit, you know, beefing and all that shit. He was just all about the positive side of Tupac. And, um, yeah, it's really sad that this happened. You know, I prayed, you know, uh, about it. I I asked, you know, the higher-ups to send some love and and, uh, peace and calm to his family. And, and strength and stability and all that stuff uh, because they're going to need it. You know, this it's is really crazy right now. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, have you uh, have you listened to any of his music? No, I'm not. I'm not going to do that right now because that's kind of like the thing everybody's trying to do right now, get caught up and all that kind of stuff. Like, I'll probably revisit that, you know, in a few months from now. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. I feel like everybody that's doing that right now, like, that's that's their time to do this. You know, they're sad and upset about all that. Um, you know, that legacy they left behind. And, um, you know, it's kind of like a, for me, it's like more of like a respect thing. Like, I'm not going to act like I was, you know, all big on them this whole time, you know. Yeah. Like... For me, when, uh, you know, when Chester Bennington committed suicide uh, in uh, July, uh, that was, that was one of those things where it was like, that was my, that was like my, one of my ultimate favorite musical acts, and that was like a really hard, that was a really hard day, Um, and so then it's like, you get all these people that, you know, damn right that they never had any interest in it before, you know, um, saying all these different things and acting like they've been along for the ride the whole time, you know, and it's like, oh, whatever, just kind of, I don't know, uh, it almost distracted me from what was going on with, you know, everything, so, uh, I don't know, I just, maybe I will later, but just not right now. Yeah, I feel you. But uh, I'm of the uh, thinking that, you know, it doesn't matter when you discover somebody or what's the catalyst that brought you to that uh, person or whatever, the music, uh, just as long as you find it and if it you know resonates, then that's cool. Um, uh, you know, I've said it a couple of times already, but I I didn't even know him because of his music like that. Uh, I know him from the interviews and just um, the positive vibes he was putting out. And then 
you know, I knew a little bit. And uh, now that he's passed, you know, I'm definitely going to start going back and digging in. Uh, it's kind of like you said last week. You, In a way, you like being late to things. I don't know if I like being late to this, but I just want to go back and uh, go back into the catalog and and um, just see what was there. Because I know if there's anything like this Victory Lap album, I know it's going to be just some good stuff in there. So I just want to go back and, and pick up some of those jewels and see if I can apply them to my life because... Uh, you know, he was a positive dude, and I'm sure there's positive message in in that music. Um, yeah, man. Uh, rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle, and 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 I hope uh, your family uh, can get through this uh, hard time. Um, uh, did you have a topic you wanted to bring up? Okay, then you you bringing that up, and then a uh, a few podcasts ago, you know I mentioned the Xbox new console, and you were not feeling that shit. So what's different? So first off, uh, what Stadia is is basically uh, rather than owning a uh, an expensive four or five hundred dollar console that's going to become obsolete over time, like I talked about. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, that's the thing, I, I've talked about this when we were talking about, you know, PlayStation next or Xbox next, whatever. I've talked about this. Hardware is going to quickly become obsolete. Yep. Um, that's why we need either upgrade peripherals or something else. And that something else is Google Stadia. Um, so essentially what Google Stadia is, is a video game streaming service. A cloud uh, service, similar to similar to a uh, Netflix, um, to where you don't have to have a physical copy of the game. You basically just whether uh, you they don't have a, a structure set up, but what you would do is you would select the game, uh, and you could and they actually have it. You you basically select your game and you play it through the cloud. Uh, it just right off of the servers and really Google's one of the only uh, companies that could do this yeah they have that stranglehold over you know the world the, the IT world um, you know if not Google Amazon but yeah Google those guys are they're wired to be able to do this but basically so instead of running a physical copy you just say I want to play this game click on it and it starts up. It's not on a disc. It's not on your hard drive. It's streaming over the internet. Um, obviously, there's some questions that I have about that. Uh, the first being, how much is this service going to cost? Yeah. Is it going to be a monthly $10 thing like Netflix? 
or what is it, fifteen ninety nine for Netflix now? Damn. Without even getting a disc? Yeah. Um, is it going to be a thing like that with Netflix where, you know, 15, 20 bucks a month? And um, the controller, like, is the controller going to be any anything worth it? Or are you going to be able to... I'm assuming you're going to be able to bring your own Bluetooth controller to play. Yeah, um, that's uh I saw that part and they definitely did say that you can use any controller. So you can take yeah. your PS4 or your Xbox controller and use it. Yeah, that's that's a plus. Um so but yeah, um I mean, so here's the thing. This Stadia idea, it's not anything new. Um obviously Microsoft's uh, Game Pass is out. Uh, the, that nine ninety nine a month, I've been paying for that. So you just stream games off of that or whatever. Uh, NVIDIA has their NVIDIA their uh, NVIDIA gaming, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, they changed the name on it so many times, I don't know. But yeah, you that was like the first one that I ever saw that did that, personally. Like There may have been other ones, but yeah, you just your subscription and you play a game and it's streamed um, was that designed to have millions and millions of people on at the same time no I don't, I don't think so I mean Google can handle that but I don't think a video could handle it no. um, but they're saying that the servers uh, they're going to be able to do this are going to be able to pump out uh, in the future 8k 120 frames per second mm-hmm. or 8k 65 per second, 4K, 120 per second. So, I mean, that's a little crazy. That's that's awesome. Um, and the cool thing is that we don't have to buy the hardware upgrades. They're going to do that in time, you know? Yeah. So, we're going to get to a point where we have the 8K one or 8K 240 or whatever, you know? Like, we'll get there. But it's pretty cool. Um, my big thing is now... What are the game choices going to be, and what is the price of it? Yeah. Uh, I think that they have the bottle, the, the bandwidth to be able to do it without having a major bottleneck. But yeah, we'll see. It's pretty exciting. Uh, is it going to mean that I'm going to not play my Xbox? No, no. But well, when when you talk about the cost, what if it's a free service like YouTube? Or Google, like a normal browser, or uh, whatever, and the only time you have to pay for a game is if you want to play it. And then once you buy it, you own it forever, so you can go back to it whenever. So, um, what if you know? What if the prices of the game stays the same, but this whole service that they're offering, the, the instant uploads, the instant in-game streaming all that stuff is like a free type of service or engine or whatever and um yeah you just have to buy your game would that uh be interesting you know would you be interested in that or or just a subscription based type of thing uh personally if i don't have a console for it i don't really want to buy a game for it because 
you know, for, I can play my Xbox without internet connection if I want. Yeah. If something happens to where that service goes down and I'm paying money for it and I don't have a, either a copy on my hard drive or a physical disc, then I'm out of luck. I can't play it, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of cool to have some type of, you know, you've downloaded it, but at the same time, dude, they're talking about you can play it on your cell phone. That's true. Right? If you've got a Bluetooth connected to your phone, you can just hook that up. You can play it on your cell phone. Like, you don't need to have something hooked up to the TV. So there's pros and cons to it, but as far as the subscription service goes, like, I think that if it was, you know, 20 bucks a month, 25 bucks a month is the highest I'd go. That's, that's kind of pricey, my friend. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, you have... Xbox right now doing nine nine ninety nine, and you get like a hundred games on that service. Yeah. They don't update very often, but you still got a hundred games at your disposal. Yeah. Um, if you're playing a hundred games, if you're going through a hundred games and playing them and actually getting into them, and you that's not enough, you got a problem. Well, but the problem is, is that out of that hundred games, seven of them are something I want to play. Ah, uh, I got you. Know? you. It's not like you have these blockbuster hits on, on that Xbox now or whatever it is. So, yeah, you run into that. Like, you know, yeah, there's sucky stuff on there. And, but, yeah, as far as this goes, it's like I know that they've been, they've been like, showing off Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah. Um, I mean, cool, you know, the first Assassin's Creed was awesome. The second one was pretty cool. But, I don't know, they started getting, like, all these, weird errors and I lost track of it. I mean, I'm sure they're great, but I have Black Flag and I never played it. Um, I barely so, tested it. They, once they changed the mechanics a lot, like, I stopped playing it. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I love, I love, you know, playing video games and it's just, if it's done right, this could be awesome. They're talking about a release in the year 2019 is it going to be December 31st 2019 or is it going to be like July I don't know but it's pretty exciting um, definitely a game changer and that's the cool thing like anytime there's something like this that comes out it's going to change the game five years from now I would be surprised to see if GameStop still that's, that's exactly what I said to you when I was like oh man I was like bro this is going to destroy PlayStation and Xbox if it works if it, it doesn't even have to be perfect if they give us 80% completion on this it's a wrap for Xbox and PlayStation but the thing is that people still have to develop these games um, and people still like people are like me they don't want to they don't want to play a game on um, you know, like a web browser. Like, that's what they're talking about here. Like, you could, you're not buying a console. You go to Stadia.com and, or you download the app or whatever. And you do it like that. You know? Like. I think I people will adapt. There's people that will, but there's also people that they don't want to do that. You know, there's a reason why retro games are still in. Why 
I still have my collection of NES games and Super Nintendo games. I still play them yeah. on the actual consoles. You know, like, because sometimes it's just that, like, that raw feeling of putting in a video game and playing it, and there's not, you're not connected to the internet, you're just playing a game. It's a challenge, and you do your damnedest, but, I mean, I gotta tell you, man, if you can, if you can play those 8-bit games and win, but you know, you, you know kids are really good at, like, first-person shooters nowadays? Hell yeah. You go play Call of Duty, get your ass whipped by a seven-year-old, and then they talk about your mom? <laughs> All the time. Dude, that's the reality, you know. Um, but take one of those kids, put them on an 8-bit game, you know. Mm. Play Ninja Gaiden, play, you know. <laughs> There's so many games, and it's like, go play that. Take uh, Super Bowl and Dose, you know. Like, yeah, it's like Chopsticks. It's very different gaming styles, and, um, you know, it's, I don't know, because I can't play first-person shooters or shit, man, like, I try, I just can't do it, like, <laughs> I can't, I try, I do, man, I do my damnedest, but I just can't, I get killed by kids all the time, uh, to talk shit, to talk shit on Yeah. Yeah, I get my ass whooped all the time too, man. But I stick, yeah. I stick in there, cause I, I do yeah, good too. No. I just, yeah, it's a, it's a big change, um, you know. So, but there is benefits to that kind of stuff because you get like, you know, you don't have to sit there and install a game forever. Updates are automatic, you know. Yeah. Um. That's what I liked too. Is that. With the Stadia, they they brought up the um, the YouTube aspect because it's Google and everything. And they was like, if you, you watch a trailer for a game and you're like, oh, this game looks fun. In the YouTube video, you can take the controller and click on the icon that says play. And you can just start instantly playing the game. As the, you know, straight from the trailer and just start getting into it right then and there. No downloading, none of that, uh, none of that stuff. It's just instantaneous. That to me was like one of the best things. I'm like, what? Are you serious? Which brings me to my concern here. Mm -hmm. Being that it's Google, being that it's YouTube related, all that stuff. What are we going to see as far as uh, ads go? I don't think they'll put ads in our games. But why do they put it in our videos? Why you gotta watch an ad every time you wanna watch a video now? I think that's know? I think that's different. It's that's the thing though, like I wanna watch a video. I don't wanna watch a damn ad about wrong shavers. You know? Like or some like uh, food food prep service. Like why do I gotta watch that every time I wanna watch a video? You know, yeah. I'm worried that we're gonna see a little banner at the bottom of our at the bottom of our games, like unless you pay for like a premium service or something like that. Like you might get the you might get the game, you know, for you might get the service for like ten bucks a month. Yeah. But if you want no ads, you gotta pay twenty bucks. So instead of a loading screen, because it's gonna be all on Google servers, instead of a loading screen, you gotta watch it man. Oh. 
You know, I'm tired of all these microtransactions too, man. Yeah. Like all these goddamn pay for this service or this service. Here's, you know, this is four ninety nine. This is nine ninety nine. Twelve ninety nine. Like right now, I have that Showtime uh, now, and I only got it so I could watch a fight. Um, yeah, so I could watch a fight and one show that I like on Showtime during, throughout the season. And then I'm, you know, I, I got to get rid of it. But why do I got to keep paying for this, you know, this stupid $15 a month for this service? And then I got an internet bill or cable bill, or Netflix bill. It's just too much, man. It's too much. Well, yeah, and that's, you know, that, and the thing is, like, as far as video games go, you notice that the price of video games has stayed at $60 for yeah. the last 20 years? and that's pissing me off. I've watched, but that's, no, no, that's a, it's, it's a good, it benefits us, because if you went with inflation, you know, think of the price of gas in 1996 it's like versus a, the a price dollar. of gas in 2019. Look how much percentage-wise it's gone up. You know, 300%. Yeah, but... We don't, we, we don't want that 300% to go from a $60 video game to a $180 video game. And that is one of the reasons they've agreed, like all the developers have agreed to, uh, have agreed to like keep it at 60 bucks. That's where they're at. Um, so the thing is, when you're doing all those microtransactions, they put that in the game knowing damn well that they made more, you know, they put more money into it than, you know, what they're getting by your 60 bucks. Yeah. That's what they're going to do. That's why if you buy a Street Fighter, they're going to put out Street Fighter and Street Fighter Arcade Edition, and then Super Street Fighter, and then Super Street Fighter Arcade Edition, and then Super Street Fighter Arcade Edition Turbo. We're going to keep doing that and milking it because your little 60 bucks, it's not doing much for them. So they got to put in this, oh, spend four ninety nine and get this fighter pack where you get four different costumes, and people do it, you know? Um, yeah, it's kind of disgusting, though, man, if you think about it. No, and it, it, it is. It is. It's like, why? So they'll be like, unlock, uh, I just get this secret character. It's a DLC, you know? Why do you got to do that? Put it in the game. Yeah, you know? and that, that's why I want to challenge you on your, um, you know, that that is good for us, that it's stuck at $60, because I feel like video games has gotten to the point that, it's um, kind of almost like music and the music industry. Over the years, the value of music has dropped. It has gone way down to right now, it's free. You can listen to music for free. All you have to do is download your Spotify, which we are on, um, or download a iTunes or whatever, and... You can um, listen to music for free. Yeah, there are premium versions of that where you don't get the, the ad breaks, uh, you know, what, twice an hour or 
three times an hour. I'm okay with a three ads per hour. I'm okay with that. Uh, so I I don't pay for the premium version of that. So in the in the same way as music, I feel like our video games should get cheaper, which is why now I really only play free video games. Um, the ones that you get from your monthly Xbox Live uh, uh, membership, gold membership that they do. Um, yeah. yeah, so because of that, I'm good. I don't need to buy another game. If there is a, a big, you know, flagship title game that I want to uh, play or, you know, uh, uh, purchase or whatever, I don't purchase it. I have friends. And we end up, they'll purchase it, and then they'll game share it with me. So, boom, free. <laughs> I'm not buying no more video games unless I have to have it. Unless it's something that's just that impactful to my life, which I doubt I'll ever find ever again. So There's a, there's a, there's a couple times now and again that like, I will buy a game because I want to succeed I wanted to make sales you know yeah like um, you know the new Mortal Kombat 11 is coming out and I really loved Mortal Kombat 2 I loved Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 3 was okay but I didn't really like any of the other ones since then and then they did 9 which was just Mortal Kombat it was like a reboot of the series Mm -hmm. and they did MKX which was just like visually this badass fighting game. I'm not good at it because it plays different than like Street Fighter. Yeah. And I played it different than the original Mortal Kombat's to an extent. So it was just very different. But Eleven's coming out and they got this pretty cool storyline going from how they rebooted the series. So, uh, you know, I'm looking to continue that. I might buy that game. But there's not really any other games on my radar. Border, uh, Borderlands 3, I'm going to buy that. That one I want to play. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you have? Have you played the other ones? Of course, I played them all. Okay, e- even so, the tales of the borderland, even you know those. So, did you hear about how they just released the Borderlands Game of the Year Enhanced Edition? No. So, um, it's funny because my kid was talking about. Um, he saw me playing Borderlands. He said. Do they have this for Xbox One? I was playing on my EP. They have it on 360. And you can watch, you can watch it on your... Uh, you can, it's not good compatible. But that's as far as it goes. Um, they don't have an Xbox One version. It's funny because the next day, the game dropped on Xbox One as the Game of the Year Enhanced Edition. It's got 4K skins in it. It's got like head modifications you can do. You can now use, like, the, um, codes. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. I remember the codes. It's, dude, that game. So, I wake up, I go out, and I start playing my, uh, Borderlands on my PC. Mm-hmm. And I see this, like, I see new icons, and I'm like, what, what is this? And I see, it says, Game of the Year Enhanced. Zero hours. So, I'm like, what is that? And I start it up. You know, treats. I'm like, sweet. You get to import your characters from your other saves, like 
like it's seamless. So I brought my other camera over, and it looks so much better. Even all low setting looks so much better than the original one. Um, so much better. I can't even describe how much better it looks. Wow. The cell shade, the cell shading looks just so much better. Um, and they added like so many new guns in that game, and they made it so. Because the first one, if you shot somebody and they spilled all their shit on the ground, you had to go pick up everything. You could hold the button and pick up like five or six things at a time if they were close. Yeah. But dude, if you shot somebody, you had to get out of your, uh, out of your little catcher eye thing. You got to get out and go pick it up. You know, there's stuff on the ground, all that ammo. You had to sit there and like peck at it. And there's all these guns laying down. So you had to like sit there and like try to not throw your good gun, gun out because there's a crappy one next to your money. Mm-hmm. Anyway, now they fix it to where you just walk up to it and it picks it up. Um, it's cool. Like it's, it's pretty enjoyable to play that game now. Pretty happy about it. Mm. Yeah. Part about that is it, um, Xbox One, you gotta buy it for 30 bucks. But that's not a bad game to add to the collection. But again, I'm gonna wait until they put it on Xbox Live uh, Gold, you know, for the free games. Because you know they will. Oh. Yeah, they're coming around. So, but yeah, Borderlands 2 got um, the treatment, and the pre-sequel got the treatment as well. Dope. So they're all 4K skinned out if you got that resolution. I play on my 5760 by 1080p triple monitor setup, but for Borderlands, I just played on a single, you know, 1080p, you know, call it good. <laughs> yeah, I need to, uh... I haven't been through my game in a while. I've got like over 200 games on my Xbox and you know in my uh, cloud account with with Microsoft. It's been a while since I've been through that. Let me start going through and playing different games. What happens is I normally get stuck on one or two games and then I'm just locked in for the next year. yeah, I need to I need to start branching out. Uh, but what else we got, man? You know, my mind is clouded by video games right now. <laughs> I got some. Um, with uh, with all this Nipsey stuff that happened, that's two things that I kind of want to talk about that branch off the Nipsey. Um, but one is, uh, what what do you what do you think about TMZ releasing the video of his murder? Oh, they have they have no they have no guts when they do that kind of stuff. That's that's trashy. Why would you do that? That's that's what exactly what I thought you would say. And, uh, it's, just, it's, just, it's just trashy. It's, it's, you know, and I don't care. That's the thing. Dude, they're going to make so much money releasing other videos that are a little bit more appropriate, right? Yeah. Over over time. But 
they got to be greedy and they got to say, oh, we weren't the first ones to do it. Because if they didn't do it, somebody's going to do it. You know? And that's the thing. Like, as people, we have to stop those types of behaviors. You yeah. know? We've got to be better examples. Um, that's the thing. Kids are going to see that and they're going to be like, oh, that's, you know, they're going to be desensitized to that type of stuff. You know, you it's like, you have the power at that point when you have that video as a person you have the power to say you know what I'm not going to do that I have it but I'm not going to put it out yeah you have, that's, that's power man like right there that's power and that's control but you succumb to that and you release it you yeah. know do you uh, do you know who Angie Martinez is Uh, well, she's a, a radio host uh, in New York, and you know she's she's really famous. She's been in the game for a long time. Uh, I mean, going back to the nineties. Um, Angie Martinez, you know, told a story once that in the height of the West Coast versus East Coast beef between uh, Biggie and Tupac. She had, she had taken an interview with Tupac, and in that interview, he said some really wild and disrespectful things about Biggie and a bunch of other New York rappers at the time that could have taken the beef to even a higher level, if that's even possible, uh, considering, you know, what ended up happening to those guys, uh, but after the interview, she she had it, or uh, yeah, she had it and still has it, and said, "I am not going to put this out because I know what this will do." Right. Yeah. So I respect the hell out of her for having that type of um, integrity, really, to yeah. to not do that. It's, it's an ethics and integrity thing. Yeah. You know. Like, it all comes down to, that's the thing, like, that's instigation if you release that, you know? Now it's going to make somebody mad, it's going to hurt somebody's feelings, it's mean. It's like, whether it's your job or not, it's mean, you know? And putting this video out there, like, hey, you know, easy. It's going to be two ways. There's going to be people that say, I want to see that. Right, because I want the raw, the raw footage. Like, what really happened? I want to see it. You know, and there's going to be people that are like, no, I don't want to see that. You know, it's not for me to see. You know, it's disrespectful. So there's two ways to look at it. You know, and depending on your beliefs, you know, it's not right for me to say someone's wrong to think that. But I don't agree with those that do want to see it. But I, I, I think understand. it's 100% wrong that anybody would want to watch that. Yeah, I do too, but the thing is, like, they have a right to watch it, put out there if they're interested in seeing what happened. Some, you know, and that's the thing, like, again, I don't agree with that. That's not how I feel. Like, I don't want to do that. But there's people that, I don't look at that and be like, you know what? Like, that was somebody that... I looked at you, I admired, and, you know, I want to see her down at the very end, you know? 
know, it's kind of like a, you know, like a bookend on the whole thing. Like you're put, putting a close to it, um, getting closure, I guess. I don't know. There's people that are just morbidly curious. It's not real yeah. unless you see it happen. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and that's the thing, like, you know, when Tupac was gunned down, did you get to see, did anybody have that footage? No. No. And, you know, that could have, that could have, like, been a big help in solving that case, you know, could have. Yeah. But, so with this, it's like, yeah, people are going to be curious because we're in the information age. They want to see that. Like I guess some morbid curiosity. Some people just want to, you know, they just want to see the reality of something like that. I don't feel like I ever want to see that kind of stuff because that's just like, dude, that's sad. Yeah. You know, to see, to see the finality of somebody, like, that's not, that sucks. You're done. Like, at that point, it's like, you go from seeing somebody's last moments alive being this like physical struggle where their bodies just twist up sucks yeah so it's not it's not a great like I don't want to see that if that's like you know especially if that's like one of my role models or whatever like that I don't want to see that like they're helpless you, you know they can't do anything they're they're done and I, you know I can't look at that I don't have that I don't have that need of closure to see that. Like, I just need to know that, you know, that whoever I cared about, whatever artist I liked, had this, you know, this legacy that I'll never forget. And, you know, you know, it went out in a bad way. And that brings me to my next point. Um, uh, Hold on, I'm going to reset the segment and then get into that. Alright, my next point is... Um, why why is human beings do we... Um, why do we seek violence? And why, why do we... Why are we so aroused and turned on by violence? I think violence is... It's this, uh, it's probably one of the most dramatic stories you could tell. It's when us as civilized people, when we've reached that point where we've accepted that we cannot solve the problem with our mind or our words, and we have to, we have to go back to a primitive state and violence to get the way that we want it's so primal and I think everybody has this curiosity of what we can do as people as humans you know what our limits are you know everything nowadays it's like it's very different from back in you know the 40s or something where someone said something about your mom and you punched him in the face. Hey, the police nursed it. You know, move along, move along, you know. Nowadays, if you punch someone in the face, you're gone. You know? Yeah. Um, it's, so I think that there's that restriction 
from that, that when somebody reaches that boiling point and they actually use violence, we're glued to it because we're getting to see the things that we're supposed to be doing. We're getting to see somebody do that. And, you know, that's why I think people have that interest in it because they want to see what someone can do. You know, everybody's kind of like, you know, you got to follow these rules, do this and that. Um, but when you piss someone off bad enough and they use violence, people want to see the outcome of that, you know. Some people, you know. But then there's those that are just like, you know what, that's, that's so unappealing to me because I'm beyond that. Like, mentally, I got my mind right. So that kind of stuff doesn't entertain me. It doesn't amuse me. Uh, it's, you know, you act like a savage. I don't want, you know, I don't want to see that. I don't want to be around that. Um, you know, so. You said I something. Know, I think it's just that. Go ahead. You, you know, lash out when you can't solve things with your mind. Hmm. You said something that's interesting is that um, we watch it because it's like you want to see the limits of the human, like what a person is really capable of, what they can really do. But where where's the line drawn? The reason why I ask, too, is because, um, you know, you don't really watch fighting. Or boxing, really? Do you? I will, but like, I'm not really interested in boxing much anymore. It's you know, and that's a whole other argument. But it's boxing versus uh, MMA. It's not even like boxing has become so uh, uneventful lately. Uh, not very entertaining, in my opinion. That I don't even keep track of any of that anymore. I'll watch UFC. Um, okay. Well, you. Okay. Well, in my opinion, I would rank it from uh, least violent to most violent. Would be boxing is least violent, UFC yeah. more violent. Um, yeah. So you do dig it a, a little bit, at least the violence a little bit, um, to a certain extent. So. My question again is where do we draw the line on that violence? Is UFC or MMA is that your line? Is that as far as you're willing to take it or would you be interested in seeing something beyond that? You know, the boxing and MMA, that is so well regulated to where even though it's a, a fight, it's dangerous. People get beat up and they get they get screwed up, you know. People have died in boxing rings. Yeah. When the rules are, you know, when the rules are met, um, it's one of those things where it's, there's a lot of stuff in place for the fighters' protection. Um, fighters can give up at any time, and it's over. You know, as long as the rules are being uh, adhered to. That right there, like, that's, I, hey, it's sport. You know, it's that, you know, again, it goes back to that primitive thing where, like, you know, gladiators and Roman days and all that stuff back way, way back then. They, they did that stuff, but, you know, they're killing each other, too. 
you know, this is so regulated and softened that it's actually entertaining because you get a lot of story out of it and it's just, you know, you can kind of track your fighters and, um, you know, the performance and you kind of have a good idea who's going to do what. And, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, especially in the early 90s, um, in the 80s and 70s, families would gather around TV and watch boxing match, you know. Like, yeah. that was a thing. Uh, it's violence, but it's so well, it's so well regulated, and it's, I mean, it's sanctioned. You know, that's the thing. When you see these videos of these uh, teenagers on YouTube, or even grown adults, but you see these videos of somebody go up and they just start swinging and swinging and swinging, and somebody gets dropped on their head, they're just out cold. You know, like that right there. All you need is a little brain trauma, and someone's done. Yeah. Therefore, I don't enjoy that kind of stuff. You know, like it's just not. I don't know. There's nothing for me. Or there's nothing enjoyable about somebody becoming disabled because they wanted to fight. You know, it's like, what are you fighting for? Well. I, I had that same question today and that's the reason why I brought this up. Um, I'm not a big MMA fighter, UFC, whatever. Um, I know a couple guys. I've watched a couple fights. It's it's entertaining, but I just don't follow it like I follow, you know, boxing. And even that, I'm not super crazy deep into. Um I have my favorites in, you know, the different divisions, and I just kind of leave it at that. Um, but I'm not above watching a physical, you know, contest, you know, where it's guy versus guy, girl versus girl, and, you know, the throwing punches at each other or, you know, UFC uh, kicks as well, choking each other out. But today, I saw something that just, like, really turned me off. That I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Um, they have a bare-knuckle fighting championship. Um, where these guys and girls, I was, you know, they have posters of women having fights, too. But it's like the most brutal of brutal fighting, bare knuckle style, punching each other in the face. Like breaking noses, jaws, teeth, eye sockets, all that stuff. I don't think I would be able to stomach to watch that. Like... That is that's something way different from boxing or MMA. They don't they don't wear gloves, man. They they it's bare knuckles, you know, flesh on flesh. And every uh, picture that I saw was everybody was bloody and and swollen and things looked like they were in places they shouldn't have been. It was crazy. So that's why I asked you where, like, where do you draw the line? Would you 
be interested in watching something like that. Nah, that sounds gimmicky. I mean, granted, it goes back to being like, that's that's raw fighting, you know? You're not, you don't have gloves, you don't have, I don't know the rule set, but I'm sure you don't have as many rules. Um, they probably, I mean, they probably, actually with that, they probably do have some pretty strict rules. Yes, yeah, it's, it's televised and refereed, and it, it has yeah, to be sanctioned. So, but you know, the thing is, like honestly, like that is taking it to an extreme, and therefore it feels gimmicky. It's it's different than if you just got to put your dukes up and fight somebody. You know, it's a. Uh, what if it's the next yeah. level? What if it's not a gimmick? What if it's the next level or evolution of? These uh, fighting sports, combat sports. Why would anybody as a fan want that to be a thing? Is because they're, they're desensitized, what, what, man. What longevity do you have as a fighter if you're doing that? I don't think they're thinking about that. I think they're. There's people out there that want to see the brutality. You know, yeah, and that's, you know, and, and it's like a, it's a, that's, you know, goes back to all that other stuff I was saying. I mean, it's basically a perversion, you know. You have this, this thing about seeing people fight in blood and, you know, it's like when I hear about people that are like that to where it's like, oh yeah, dude, they get all beat up and it's awesome. Like, I question you know, I, I question that person, like, do I want that person around me? Like, you know, if they, do I want to drink with that guy? Nope. You know, no. That's the kind of guy that they probably don't have limitations as many, you know? I, I don't know. I mean, there's so many ways I can analyze that, but I look at that and it's just like, no, nah, man, not interested. It's just not like, I, I think the whole idea, like, with, UFC, you know, you know that, I mean, the thing is, people put, get put in submissions all the time, and they tap right away, you mm-hmm. know, it's so freaking rare that you see someone get put in an arm bar, and they get their elbow broken or whatever, Yeah. because people, they know, they know to tap, or it's going to crack, so it's one of those things that it's just like, like I said, it's regulated, it's sanctioned, like, it's just, you know, but this bare knuckle stuff, like, hey, you know, I can respect the aspect of it being, you know, primal and raw and, uh, you know, but when the promotional material, uh, material is emphasizing how bloody people get like they're they're basically putting out the bait to try to get people that are you know blood sport fans like they just want to see blood and guts and all that kind of stuff and that is a gimmick Mm. I think you remember the movie Death Race that one with the cars yeah yeah I'm seeing a future where that's probably uh, a possibility. But that's the problem is that that's not the future, that is the past. 
I don't know. Everything that's old becomes new again, man. But that's the thing, like, it's all a trend. Just like nowadays, like how the guys, like nowadays, have those long, like, you know, the long beards, like the dudes from uh, Looney Tunes, the hillbillies from Looney Tunes, that's what all the guys have beards like now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 77. And they're dressing like they did in the 20s and stuff. Like, you know, that's what a manly man is now. You got a beard, you wear flannel, you comb your hair with, uh, you put pomade in it, and you get an undercut. Like, you know, that's going back in the day. I guarantee you, man, and it's going to be sad, but probably in the 2030s, there's going to be dudes walking around with bowl cuts again. Whoa. That's what I'm saying, though, because things recycle. <laughs> and when they do that, it's just a trend. That's all it is, is a trend. You know, it's going to come back. It's going to cycle back through. And this bare knuckle stuff, like, dude, they already did that. They already did that, you know? Um, that's what you saw, like, um, remember, like, that stuff from, like, the 1900, early 1900s, where you see, like, the two guys putting their dukes up, not wearing gloves? Yeah. Boom, been there, done that. It's not new. They're just taking an old idea and refreshing it and adding a little, you know, a little bit of regulation to it. And, you know, but it's not like, it's not like death race to where, you know, it's this, it's, it's a new thing to fight without gloves. There's a reason that people fight with gloves. You know, you're doing less damage to the, you know, to the other person's uh, body and to your own hands. You know? Yeah, gloves, I mean, that's the thing. Like, gloves were designed to protect your hands. What? Said uh, boxing gloves were designed to protect your hands, not the other man. Right, but I'm saying that if you, if you punch someone with your hand versus a boxing glove... You're going to do more damage with just your bare knuckles, you know? That bone-on-bone versus the, the glove. Like, if you think about, if you think about, like, you know, um, the PSI of a punch, the smaller the impact spot, the more pressure is going to be on that impact spot. Like, if you have a, a wide, a wide, broad glove with hitting, and then if you have... Um, you know, your your hand, which has that, you know, your knuckles and has that pressure point. Like, you're hitting, you're putting more force in that pressure point. It's kind of like the whole laying on a bed of needles versus laying on one needle. Yeah. But, and that's the thing, like, yeah, boxing gloves, like, they definitely help. Because, like, dude, if you go up and hit, if you go up and hit a, a heavy bag with a boxing glove, like, dude, you can get those things. But if you sit there and hit it with your hand, like, yeah, you might put a dent in that one spot, but you're not hitting it multiple times because your hand hurts, you know? So, it's like, yeah, there's pros and cons to, to the boxing gloves, but it's also, like, you kind of think of it, like, from, like, an athletic commission stance. If you have these bare-knuckle guys hitting each other in the face, what's that going to cause? They're going to get fucked up, man. They're going to be all type of CTE and... All I'm type talking, of yeah, bullshit. They're going to be messed up. I'm talking up. concussion city. Um, and 
there is no, like, it's never going to catch on because of the concussion risk involved. Nobody's going to sign up. Nobody's going to do that. You're not going to get Monster Energy Drink sponsoring this. You know, it's, it's just all bad. I want to look it up because the one I saw today was Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship 5. So they've at least had four of them already. Uh, Bare Knuckle Fighting 5. Uh, let's see. a bunch of people I never heard but a lot of these guys are ex UFC fighters that's even worse so they're taking it to the next level um it doesn't say who's sponsoring it but yeah a lot of these guys are ex UFC fighters it's a big card though it's gonna be like 12 fights I mean, you know, that's the thing. There's going to be people that transition into that and do very well. But it's just like the brutality of that whole thing. It's like, it's just not, I don't know. Like, it, there's something like, I don't know, there's just something very perverse about enjoying that because of all the, the blood and violence. Now, if you're enjoying it because you're like, dude, these guys are hard-ass people because they can come in here and fight without gloves and they're taking it and they're hitting that, you know? Like, that's different, but when you're, like, into the whole, like, oh, his nose is broken, his jaw is broken, like, when you're getting a kick out of that, I don't know, dude, that's, that's, it's just excessive. It's excessive, and it's not something that, you know, I just don't have an interest in it. But, you know, hey, there's people that do it. You know, I call it perversion, and they'll call it, it's just, it's just funny. So, but me, I don't like horror movies. I don't like gore and all that stuff, so I don't like pe- people getting killed. I don't know, I just, that's never been my thing. And it comes out tomorrow. The fight's tomorrow. <sighs> Speaking of fighting, uh, you excited about WrestleMania? Oh yeah, WrestleMania is going to be not awesome, I don't think. Um, <laughs> you don't think so? It's the first WrestleMania where women are headlining the main event, man. You got to be excited about that. It's history. This is bigger than The Undertaker's loss to uh, fucking Brock Lesnar. This is bigger than that. The the thing is, like, um, WWE has been making a point to basically um, push the women's division. Like, they're, they're attempting strongly to make it this women's revolution thing. Like, that's what they're doing. It's, you know, whether you like it or not, that's what that's what they're doing. Um, they're emphasizing the women a lot more. You get a big name like Ronda Rousey in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing, though. Like, do I think that they would be doing this for the main event, if not for Ronda Rousey. Now, is she nope. in it? Huh? Is she in the main event? Yeah, yeah, she's defending uh, the Raw Women's Championship. Ah. Uh. And 
you know, the whole thing, the whole thing is the whole thing is they um, they're emphasizing the women because they think it looks good for business, you know. Um, I guess at the same time, it's fair to say that women deserve the spotlight too. You know, because there are some pretty badass matches. And I got to say that there was a uh, Ronda Rousey versus uh, Charlotte Flair match. They kicked the shit out of each other, man. And that was the best match on the card. I forgot what pay-per-view it was. Maybe Survivor Series or something like that. I don't know. Royal Rumble. I don't, I don't remember. Maybe Royal Rumble. But anyways, they kicked the shit out of each other. That was a good match. Um, hmm. But this headline match... You know, I think what they're, they're, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get headlines. Because if you look at what's going on with uh, WWE, their ratings have been this, like, all-time low. Um, you know, in the 2.5, you know, area, 2 point, whatever, their ratings have just been tanked. And... It also speaks volumes when you don't have the, you know, the actual WWE championship being defended in the main event of the biggest show of the year, you know? You also don't have the universal title, which is the other main title. You don't have that being defended in the main event either, you know? Like, traditionally, those close out the show, some... There's been years where one of them opened the show and the other one closed it because there's two of them. But like I said, they're trying to put women in the spotlight and they had all women's pay-per-view. They're really, really trying to attract the women viewers to try to get them to, you know, to watch and, um, you know. I'm like, yeah, you know, also... I believe there's good in it. I believe that they're trying to let women and young girls know, hey, you can do this too. You can be in the main event if you try really hard. You you know you do the thing and you work at it. Like there's there's that too. But they're not here for you know they're they're trying to make money. They're trying to expand their brand. And you got. You think that's Stephanie McMahon doing that, or or Triple H, or Vince? Oh, it's ultimately nothing happens without Vince. But yeah, I mean Stephanie's got a huge influence on that, you know. And hey, they're gonna they're gonna see they're gonna see what's going on. I don't think that they've had this major of a headline in. I'm trying to think back like what Wrestlemania had a bigger headlining match like this is all over the news it's not just you know Mm. the little wrestling community it's all over the news like on ABC and Good Morning America all that kind of stuff like The Rock versus John Cena that was big but it's also I mean that trust me that was blockbuster like I get it but Ronda Rousey is just one of those names like in the fighting community because what you're doing is 
you're taking Rock and John Cena, that's going to be one of those things where everybody's going to be like, okay, it's a regular wrestling match because very, wrestling's obviously predetermined, scripted. So, one of two things are going to happen. Like, okay, cool. But, Ronda Rousey, she is going to bring over quite a few UFC MMA fans, right? Because mm. they want to see what she's got going on. They want to see if she can, if she can hang, if she can do it, you know. So, <laughs> from, a bit, from a business aspect, that's the match that you close the show with. That's the match you make everybody wait to see. Um, have you been watching? I mean, have you been following any of it at all? Uh-uh. Ronda Rousey's going on doing video, doing releasing videos and stuff on Twitter. She's been having a Twitter war with uh, Becky Lynch, and she's saying how like WWE is fake and all this kind of stuff. It's not real, um, and she's like saying like this isn't going to be any of that fake stuff. Like she's going to beat their asses. Is what she's saying. Uh-huh. So she's bringing that element of reality to it, to where it's like, hey, if it's like if it's actually untapped, Ronda Rousey. Like, She'll fuck all them girls up. That's what I'm saying. But now at this point, we gotta see, we gotta see, we gotta see how this is gonna play out because it's a triple threat match, you know. Oh yeah. So Ronda could lose and not even get pinned. She could lose her title without getting pinned, and. Her, there's two titles on the line in this match. The Raw women's and the SmackDown women's. So whoever wins gets both belts. Nice. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And the rest of the card, dude, is boring. Boring. It's boring. <laughs> um, you got Brock Lesnar. I hate that dude, man. Brock Lesnar, he is the universal title holder. And I think he's defended his title like twice since he got it back. Maybe once. But he fights like maybe four matches a year. Five matches a year, maybe. Yeah, he's still doing UFC, right? No. Oh, he, 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 he's not doing that? No, I mean, he has no matches scheduled. Hmm. So, okay. yeah. So what's his problem? Um, he's pretty much like the biggest, like, for some reason they treat him like he's the biggest star. Um, he, they created this unstoppable monster that he just comes in and beats everybody's ass and even when you think your hero is going to beat him and take the belt back he beats him and yeah. but they're keeping what they're doing is it coincides so you have you have nobody holding the title that's showing up on TV week in week out you don't have that monthly pay-per-view where the championship's getting defended mm-hmm 
Mm-hmm. He kind of shows up. He kind of shows up and sets up like a match for like a couple months down the road, maybe. But he's not there every week. He's not doing this thing every week to where it's like, oh, cool, he's here again. You know, he just kind of has a guy talk for him, and it's just it's boring because you don't have the champion on the show. You never have him on there, and you know, like I'd love to see somebody else get that title and then just defend it. You know, so you have more championship opportunities because you can't make stars when nobody's getting to have the, the title. You know, you have all these people that are tempting, but they end up ultimately as failures. And, you know, it's like you can only cheer a failure so many times before you're like, dude, this guy sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so when all these people are trying to beat Brock Lesnar and they never do, it's just like, damn, dude, this is not fun. It's not fun anymore. It's not, you know, I'm not getting anything out of it. I'm wasting my time because the storyline is you beat the people again. Like, big deal. You know? And you got the uh, Daniel Bryan who was put into retirement because of a, a neck injury. Or, uh, I'm sorry, he had... Uh, he got like concussion and so he wasn't able to get back until he got a burning out rear uh, doctor's approval but you got him versus uh, Kofi Kingston uh, so that should be I'll tell you what this whole uh, this whole Wrestlemania is gonna be interesting for me because you know, I don't watch wrestling uh, very often. The only time I watch it is with you. Um, so, this is all going to be new to me and, you know, exciting because I don't know who to root for. I don't know who's good. I don't know who's bad. Uh, I know Brock Lesnar, and I've always hated his fucking fat blockhead. Um, yeah. And I know Ronda, but I know her from UFC, and yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know anybody else. So it's gonna be entertaining for me. Oh yeah, and it's gonna be long too. I think it starts at four and it gets done at like probably nine. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. The pre-show starts. The pre-show starts at three. I don't know. It might get done at eight. I'm not sure, but. It's usually a pretty long show, but they have so many, like, dumb matches on it. Uh, no Undertaker scheduled so far. No John Cena scheduled so far. I'm surprised Undertaker still gets up for this shit. Dude, that's a sad thing. Dude, can you imagine? You gotta work, what, the Raw four weeks? So four Raws before WrestleMania. Maybe eight if you go back two months to really build. And then WrestleMania. That's all you got to work. The whole year. <laughs> the whole damn year. That's all you got to work. You get a fat paycheck. Yeah, but shit. He's shit, that's as much as Brock Lesnar working he's the champ. He's old, so, man. Dude, he can still do it, though. Yeah, I guess. Oh, well, um... The one last thing I had for the night before we end up making another two-hour episode. Um, yeah. 
what was it? Oh, you know, I, I haven't been very happy with my job. Uh, you know, I've been at this place for the last five years. And yeah. uh, it's, it's just been gradually um, getting worse and worse. And, you know, really this last year, it's accelerated, like, at a pace I haven't seen before. Um, so I've actually been getting out and, uh, you know, just throwing some applications out, throwing some resumes out there and trying to, you know, uh, find something else. And luckily I have a, a friend that uh, suggested that I try uh, where he's working and I put in the application, uh, did an interview and tour the place and uh, all I needed to do was wait for the background check now you know that I have a you know a record and with that record it's difficult sometimes to get employment you know uh, pretty much the only places that hire you which seems like uh, with a felony are uh, uh, food service places uh, basically minimum wage type of jobs I was lucky yeah. I was lucky finding the job that you know I have now and uh, I've been able to make you know pretty good money not you know spectacular but pretty good money and um, you know so I was a little concerned about that job uh, with the background check and said it would take a week and after a week I still got no call back and I started making phone calls to them and they weren't answering or returning my calls or anything and then another half a week goes by and then she calls me and tells me I got the job so you know I, I just feel really blessed because this this place is it's really at least from what I can tell um, it's a really good place. Uh, it's clean. They're going to pay me more money. Um, the benefits are way better. It's just all around a better place. And, uh, you know, I'm just really excited to start the next chapter of, you know, my life and career. Hopefully that, you know, I won't have to look for a new job ever again. And I could just retire from this place and, and call it a, a day either that or and let me hit the lottery and be able to retire myself uh, so I just wanted to let everybody know that and you uh, specifically uh, because um, I'm going to be working 12 hour days um, at this new job so that's going to affect our podcasting um, because I won't know when my days off will be. So we're, we're going to have to figure that out. It's going to be a little bit of a, uh, a time where there's going to be some growing pains there. So we're going to have to kind of figure it out. Well, hey, congratulations. That's awesome. Like, that's, that's really good. Thanks, man. You know? You thought something that was going to be an obstacle was right there, and you blew through it. Like, that's cool. 
you know, it shows that there's good faith in people to, to, to look at, you know, you got that, that record and to just say, like, hey, it's not a big deal anymore. Like, you did your time, like, you know. Yeah, and that, you know, what's really weird about that is that even now it's been almost 12 years. Uh, it's been 11 years since that incident happened and it, it just it always kind of bothers me and it always kind of prevents me from trying to do bigger and better things for myself because I don't, you know, really like the... Uh, discouragement that comes with that um, when people you know shoot you down but you know it was it was all positive it was good you know she gave me the car back and told me I'm in there so yeah I'm really excited about it and, uh, and the thing is like what you did to get in trouble wasn't even something that was like an integrity issue you know yeah. and I think that's something that people can look at like it's not like you had an integrity issue to where you're going to steal cash or anything like that. You're going to rob the place, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, and again, like you go back to your 40s, you get in a fight with somebody in the 40s, they break it up and tell you to move along. Maybe you go to jail if you attack someone, but if this is a mutual fight, big deal. You know, nowadays, you know, you got to wait 12 years until you can get a decent job now. Yeah. Sucks, man. There's a lot of wasted time and, yeah. Well, if you can provide for your family, then you're doing the right thing, automatic. Yeah, that's true. But I appreciate you think, uh, saying that, man, because uh, that was, it, it feels really good already. I'm just, uh, I go in on Monday to do uh, orientation and fill out some paperwork and get my schedule and then um on tuesday i get to go into my current job and and tell them you know i'm putting in my notice and i'm out of there so i can't wait for that day um i've been kind of just dreaming of that for the last basically year because i've been looking really really hard for the last uh, year so I'm just waiting, just chomping at the bit to get in there and tell them I'm getting the fuck out of here. And, uh, you know, tell these guys to fuck off. Um, yeah, so I'm excited, man. Uh, but I think I think that's the episode. Unless you got anything else you want to uh, add. Nah, I'll do it for next week. Whenever it is, we do it again. All right, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Um, again, uh, I want to say, uh, rest in peace to Nipsey. Um, it's really messed up, man. It's, it's really, really messed up. Uh, I haven't felt a emotional, uh, you know, tied to somebody I've never met or interacted with, um, in my life before. Um, and, and it's really strange and weird. Uh, but, you know... I'm thankful for it because in some ways I do feel like uh, the the man that Nipsey was and uh, the kind of philosophy that he lived his life by about, you know, empowering uh, people of color, giving them opportunities, uh, entrepreneurship, 
and uh, business acumen and all that stuff. I believe uh, with me getting this new job, uh, he he had he played a, a part in that from you know up above. You know he kind of put it in that lady's spirit to go ahead and push my paperwork through, and and uh, because of uh, his spirit, uh, I'm I'm gonna say I I got this job too. So I thank him for that. And uh, you will be missed. And and beyond that, uh, I, I guess we'll catch you guys on the next episode. All right. Peace. Next, next.